I now have the privilege of inviting Jenny Moore to come and share part of her journey. Jenny has a long history with God of serving him with joy and steadfastness and in this new chapter of their life, as you'll hear, her faith and trust in God has been unwavering. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you, Linda. Um, I'm here today because in the, I was sitting in the seat church about three weeks ago and I thought, I've got a story to tell to the people here. I should do it one day. Well, over coffee that day, Linda said, would you like to give your testimony in church? And I thought, yes, I have to. <laughs> this is what I said in church and now she's asked me today. There's no coincidence about this. This is meant to be. So I am here today because of Linda's invitation and God's prompting for me to share it. Thanks. On the screen are words of a poem or a hymn, He Giveth More Grace, which has been on my fridge door since late 2020. They were written by Annie Johnson Flint, who endured great pain through arthritis for most of her life and was still able to leave an enduring legacy of her work with her love and trust in God. In 2020, I shared this poem in devotion at school with the staff because I was so amazed that these words could be written by someone who experienced four decades of crippling and painful arthritis, as well as the loss of her parents and later her foster parents at a young age. Her courage and the peace of God in her life, in spite of her trials, has encouraged me. And there are times when I've looked at it on the fridge and thought, oh, she's amazing, but God, don't ever make me have to deal with this. Anyway, many of you have had your own trials, whether it be health, financial, lifelong illness, and equally have seen God's provision through these trials. In December last year, Ken was diagnosed with an (laughs) abdominal, I should say, aortic aneurysm and required surgery in Melbourne. Firstly, he needed an angiogram, after which we were sent home and he had to return the following week for an aneurysm repair. For both procedures, several CT scans were required. We were unaware of the storm which was about to confront us. We were happy when Ken was able to leave hospital and go home to celebrate Christmas with the family the following week. He had been through major surgery and we expected that his recovery would take some time. Christmas 2021 was not like other Christmases. Ken's jovial play and cheeky banter with the grandchildren was not happening. Some of the grandchildren commented that Christmas was not the same as other years because Pop wasn't well. Diana's 11-year-old said, Pop must have been very unwell as he left half his hedgehog slice on the plate. (laughs) For most of January, Ken's health didn't improve. I was unable to contact his vascular surgeon to ask him some questions about Ken's recovery. However, he had gone on holidays until the end of January and his surgery was shut. 
We had had a couple of visits to the doctor during this time. January the 20th, after taking Ken to hospital here in Kerrang, he was sent to Bendigo by ambulance. The storm was building. Ken was diagnosed with acute renal failure and was in ICU for four days. Fortunately, I was able to visit during this time. However, he was moved back to the ward where no visitors were allowed due to COVID. Doctors had told Ken he was fortunate to still be with us. Being unable to be at Ken's bedside was very difficult for me. However, for Ken, it was especially hard. We had to be content making several phone calls each day. The doctor in charge of Ken rang daily to update me on Ken's health, enabling me to ask questions I needed answered. On January the 25th, Ken's doctor rang to inform me that blood sent to Melbourne for testing indicated myeloma, which is blood cancer. The doctor was very surprised with the diagnosis. Needless to say, I was too. Ken now needed to have a bone biopsy to confirm this blood test result. He began chemotherapy immediately as well as continuing dialysis treatment three times a week. Daily blood tests and more procedures continued in the first two and a half weeks and finally Ken came home to our new home in Bendigo. That afternoon and evening together was precious for both of us. However, it wasn't long before Ken was on his way back to hospital next morning at 6 o'clock, experiencing severe pain in his left arm, chest and jaw. A week later, Ken was discharged again. Thankfully, God is aware of everything we experience today and our needs for tomorrow. He provides for our needs at exactly the right moment. This was certainly our experience during our storm. I had been able to stay with our daughter Ksenia and her three children in Bendigo for the first two and a half weeks. I had family support on tap. What a provision. Ken and I were more than happy with the care and expertise of the doctors who had supervised his treatments at Bendigo Base Hospital. We desired for that to continue, continue, so we made the decision to rent in Bendigo. Ken also didn't want to face any more... um, ambulance rides from Kerrang to Bendigo. Not the most comfortable trip. Our daughter Tanya rang and offered her rental home to us on the day Ksenia and I were going to inspect an an apartment in Bendigo. Tanya's home in Kangaroo Flat had been vacated at the end of November and Tanya had just had it painted throughout, laid new carpet and hung new blinds. All completed and ready for us immediately another provision from God, right on time. Once Ken left hospital and came home to our Bendigo home, we were required to go back to hospital most days. As Ken was having trouble with his left leg collapsing, he needed a wheelchair. The first day I took Ken to the hospital, I parked the car and unloaded the wheelchair and proceeded to help Ken out of the car into the chair. I was having difficulty pushing the chair on the grass. A gentleman who was sitting on a seat nearby came over and offered to help. He then offered to push the wheelchair uphill to the hospital for me. As I was walking beside him, I couldn't help but say to myself, God, your timing is amazing. 
Ken was having the same thought. He waited in the admission line with us and we made conversation. I found out that he went to school in Kahuna and married a girl from my class. Ken had already recognised him as a Kahuna resident. He then pushed the wheelchair inside the hospital and handed over to me once we had registered at the front desk. After Ken had had his blood test and we were about to leave the hospital, John from Kahuna followed us out and offered to help and pushed the wheelchair back to the car, helped Ken into the car and loaded the wheelchair in the back. God knew what I needed and he provided. Now this might just seem simple things to you, but at the moment when you're going through this, (laughs) this sort of thing, and you probably know what I mean by this, you think, oh, this is amazing, so big, it's so huge, it's wonderful. Parking at Bendigo Hospital can be a bit of a nightmare. I prayed every time we were travelling there that the parking spot would be available and my prayers were answered many, many times. I only needed to use the underground car park twice. On those days, the underground park car park was not full. The underground car park lifts were not available to patients or visitors during COVID. To enter the hospital, you were required to walk up a fairly steep slope. I found this extremely difficult. In fact, I only got a short distance and thought, if I keep going, I'm going to have a heart attack. Ken suggested we go back underground and just make sure that we weren't able to use the lift. A young man had parked his car and was walking towards us. Guess what? He offered to wheel the wheelchair up the ramp and into the hospital for us. I was thanking God again. On the way to hospital one morning, the tyre indicator inside our car began beeping and it showed that one of the tyres was losing pressure. I remember thinking, I don't need this. The words of Annie Johnson's poem came immediately to me. I dropped Ken off and headed to Bob Jane. After explaining the reason for being there, I was directed to park my car in the service bay. Tyres were inspected. I had a screw in my tyre. The tyre was immediately changed and put in the back of the car. And the spare was put on and new tyres were ordered. I was thankful. All was well. God had reminded me through the words of the poem that his grace and his strength is available in every situation. The following day, Ken and I took a drive to the White Hills Botanical Gardens. On our way, the tyre indicator started beeping again. It couldn't be another screw, surely, I thought. Not far ahead was a used car yard, so I decided to pull into their workshop. I walked over to where two men were talking and told them my situation. One of the men came straight over to the car, checked the tyre that was taken off yesterday and, and put in the boot, and he immediately took off the indicator that was still on the damaged tyre and put it on the spare that was on my car. Wonderful. He was my hero that day. What a provision. There have been many more occasions where we have seen the hand of God on our lives during our storm. We have been, we have been overwhelmed but grateful for his provision. The office of help 
friends checking on the farm and watering the lawn and the garden back here at Karoot, furniture and white goods offered and delivered by friends, money given to us, family seeing various needs and fulfilling them, a special friend calling to pray with us, all greatly appreciated and such wonderful provision. Daily devotions I read spoke into my situation and gave me strength and peace. Having extended family in Bendigo contributed to a sense of contentment and knowing we were in the right place for our extended stay. My cousin, a retired nurse, was visiting her mother, my aunt. She had not been in Bendigo for two years because of COVID. However, New Zealanders were allowed to come in January and she was in Bendigo for the whole time we were there. I spent quality time with her and later Ken did as well. My cousin's first husband had had myeloma. Our own children were also able to make regular day trips up to visit us most weekends. We feel so blessed to have had a school and church community here in Kerrang who have supported us in prayer, made phone calls and sent texts. Your care and concern for us has been wonderful and such an encouragement. God has used you to bless us and we thank you. In preparation for Christmas Day last year, as well as making hedgehog, I planted gladiole eye bulbs that I hoped would flower for Christmas Day, but they didn't. On New Year's Day, I checked my gladdies and I was delighted to have a beautiful mauve and deep purple gladdy in my garden. That's the one up there. I picked it and I brought it inside to admire it in a vase on my dining room table. Making a New Year's resolution is not something I have done a lot over the years, But being New Year's Day, I was thinking along those lines and decided to look up the meaning of gladioli and the colour purple. On the website I looked at, gladioli meant strength and integrity, while purple meant grace. Certainly a New Year flower as a reminder of those character qualities. I shared my research with the family. Tanya suggested... You should take an artistic photo of it and put it in a frame. I took photos and sent them to the children. The three words, grace, integrity and strength, were going to be important to me in 22. Little did I know how important they would be. On Tanya's first visit to our Bendigo home, she presented me with the framed photograph you can see on screen. It was immediately hung on the wall. God has provided his grace, his strength and his integrity as we have walked through the storm with him. Ken's prognosis is unknown. After speaking with a haematologist this week, we have been told protein levels in the blood have increased, indicating the disease is on the move. So a new antibody drug will be added to his oncology treatment. A CT scan on Ken's brain and an MRI on his spine will be done this Tuesday to help find an answer to his leg collapsing. God is still with us in the storm. We are trusting him 
He has provided for us. He has held us, carried us, led us, and given us his peace. He will continue to do so. As Annie Johnson Flint wrote, to multiplied to multiplied trials, he multiplies peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. If you are going through a storm, I encourage you to trust in God to carry you through it, and he will give you his peace. I would like to share Annie Johnson Flint's words in song, which uh, I'll finish with. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> 